All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, May 30th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. So, Clayton, this was one of the most important box office weekends since the BO Boys have been on the air. Memorial Day weekend, records were set, and it's such an important episode. We couldn't just do this ourselves. We had to bring in uh, not just the big guns, the top guns. So we have brought in a special guest today. This man is the creator of the original Box Office Mojo. Back when you loved Box Office Mojo, this was the guy behind it. Everyone, Brandon Gray is here. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Clayton. Great to be here. So, yeah, so this was a huge weekend so, Clayton, are you ready to just get us started with a special Memorial Day weekend plow? Yes, and I am going to do a top 10 because, again, like we, we, we've we said before, we are splitting our episodes up. So now we're only talking about this past weekend. We will do our prognosticating, prognosticating in another episode on Thursday. So I am free to do a full 10 count and I'm going to do it. So, here we go. Number one. Oh, again, sorry. This is going to be the, just the the three-day weekend. We'll talk about four days when we get to the four days, but this okay. is going to be the weekend. Top Gun Maverick, number one, made $126.7 million in a record 4,735 theaters. Number two. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness made $15.8 million, down 51%. It lost 729 theaters. It is at $370.2 million in its fourth weekend. Number three, another newbie, the Bob's Burger movie made $12.6 million in its first weekend. Number four, Downton Abbey, A New Era, made $5.7 million, down 64%. It actually added 10 theaters, but it's at $28.3 million in its second weekend. Number five, The Bad Boys, made $4.3 million, down 29%. It lost 761 theaters. It's at $81 million in its sixth frame. Number six, still going strong, Everything Everywhere All at Once made $2.5 million, down 20%. It is at $56.8 million in its 10th weekend. Number seven, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, $2.4 million, down 40%. It lost 43 theaters. It is now at $185 million in its 8th weekend, and it did it. Number eight, The Lost City made $1.8 million. It, it went up 17%, lost 369 theaters. It is over $100 million. It did it $101.7 million in its 10th weekend. Number nine, Men plummeted to $1.2 million, down 63%, lost 16 theaters. It's at $5.9 million in its second frame and... Rounding out this top 10, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, made $850,000, down 56%. It lost 1,036 theaters. It is stopping at at $94.7 million in its seventh weekend. And that is your top 10. Great plow in there, Clayton. Now, I hate to do this, but I do have offer a correction because i know you were reading it off the numbers right now the I numbers was. weekend chart and they were not putting in the monday totals into the total grosses that they have there so the holdovers that you were reading were actually lower than what they are as of this date so i'll just do real quick the bad guys number five is now up to 82.8 million everything everywhere all at once is actually up to 57 and a half million Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is totaled right now at 186.2 million. Lost City, as of this moment, is all the way up to 102.2 million. Men, number nine, is totaled at 6.27 million. And so that that's where they're at as of right now. Because the numbers, for whatever reason, they were showing the three-day weekend, but not throwing the Monday uh uh total into their total gross there. 
Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That that which they sense. usually they usually do at this point. So, mm-hmm. um, so there we go. I mean, but the listen, the big thing here is everyone. Top Gun Maverick exceeded, I would say, everyone's expectations. It got over what we predicted here. You know, last week I probably went on the high end of the two of us. I predicted one thirteen for the three day, and it did one twenty six point seven. And I predicted 133 for the uh, four day. And what did it do? 156 for the four day. It did 150, 151 for the four day. So uh, is that what it did for the four day? That's God, what they're are... saying on deadline. Um, so 151. Then, one, no, 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 156 with the Monday update. It's 156 for the four day. Okay. So. Anyways, this movie was a smash. Brandon Gray, I'm going to throw it to you first. Why, in your estimation, did Top Gun Maverick just blow everyone away? Why did Top Gun Maverick just open on on such a high end? Top Gun Maverick basically opened at near Marvel superhero numbers, which is unheard of. How did this happen? Oh, that is the uh, question of the <laughs> of the weekend here. Wow, because this, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, everyone is surprised at just how well this picture did. Gosh, um, the a variety of reasons here, uh, but I think the main one is that this is an inspirational movie. I mean, this is Tom Cruise coming back. The, people love that original picture. It is embedded in our culture, apparently more than any of us realize, more than I realized even. Uh, I wasn't really a Top Gun kid, by the way. When I had the option back in the day to see Top Gun, but I chose Short Circuit instead. So I never I, saw it in the theater. I, I, I Listen, I'm with you. I, I was more of a Short Circuit kid. Honestly, I was more of a Short Circuit 2 kid. But I was not a Top Gun kid, and, and it, it wasn't the nostalgia for me. It it was this specific movie. Same yeah. thing with me. I had I had no real love for Top Gun. It's not one of my favorite cruise uh, vehicles. Yeah, but they but they changed the game here with with uh, what they did. Uh, I mean, the the trailers were phenomenal. I mean, I know we've had trailers for years now. I wonder if that. I mean, there was fear that that those years of waiting would hurt, but maybe those helped build the anticipation. You know, when it finally comes out, everyone knows it's coming out. It's coming out on Memorial weekend, the perfect weekend for this kind of picture. Uh, I mean, Paramount and uh, Tom Cruise and the whole team, I mean, hats off to them. Uh, they, they, they did something really amazing here uh, and they knew something that we didn't, they had seen the picture. They knew what they had. And I remember they did this, they did this to us last uh, before. Remember mission impossible ghost protocol. Mm-hmm. I think the odds were kind of against that picture, especially after mission impossible three and all of Tom Cruise's uh, issues going on at that time. But then that, but they dated that picture confidently for Christmas. And uh, I, performed above expectations again because they had the goods then and they have the goods now more than more than ever what do you think yeah and this is this is such a rare story of a movie moving around and finding its perfect landing spot i mean memorial day was such a i don't want to say lucky accident because they did program it that for that but it had so many other opening weekends previously kept getting pushed back pushed back and you see movies like morbius that suffered i mean not because i mean morbius was not a great movie but also it suffered because it was pushed around the calendar uh same thing peter rabbit 2 even uh, doctor strange 2 not coming out before uh, no way home the, these all these moves were detrimental to the movies and it looks like top gun maverick's moves were only positive for it yeah, and and the thing with Top Gun, unlike superhero movies, honestly, unlike Jurassic World, uh, Dominion coming out in a, in a couple of weeks, Top Gun Maverick had to be a really good movie to do as well as it did. You know, superhero movies could be basically mediocre to bad and still pretty much hit their markers, especially the MCU movies. Jurassic World, Dominion in a few weeks unless it just happens to have forgotten to put dinosaurs in the movie, it really won't matter the quality that much, you know, in determining how well it does. But Top Gun Maverick did great because it ended up being so great. You know, the word of mouth and the buzz on this, 
I think really did come from the quality of this movie, you know, and like you, like you said, Brandon, they, they knew they had a winner on their hands and they knew this was a theatrical release because in the last two years we've been covering it. There were so many offers to get Top Gun on a streamer, you know, all the streamers wanted it. They were, they were look at, look at something like coming to America too, that Amazon paid the entire production cost of that movie just to get it on streaming. You know that Top Gun Maverick had offers that would have doubled their production cost if they just put on streaming. But Paramount knew, Tom Cruise knew, this was a great movie and this was theatrical only and it paid off. Um, let's talk about, I'm throwing this out here, let's talk about Tom Cruise right now. I mean, is is Tom Cruise today... Uh, back at the, the the height of his powers. Obviously, he was the guy, 80s, 90s. He's up there with, you know, your Tom Hanks's and Julia Roberts in the 90s, just the tippy top of movie stars. But after this weekend, after opening Maverick to superhero levels, breaking four-day weekend records, resisting the pull of streaming, fighting streaming for the last two years, is he as big as he's ever been or bigger. Yeah, Brenda, do you want to... Oh, yeah, he is as big as ever. I mean, this is a pure demonstration of star power. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. playing off of his iconography from Top Gun, I mean, this is his signature role. This was his first major blockbuster that he headlined. And by the way, it didn't... It started... with about what eight million dollars, which is a lot more today if you adjust for ticket price inflation. But Top Gun was a sleeper hit that just ruled that year, uh, and uh, and it evidently embedded itself into the culture. His character. I mean, he is Maverick. I mean, Maverick. this it's you can't separate the star from the character in this case. And uh, yeah, and and his uh, dedication to the theatrical experience. I mean, even I remember his uh, publicity shot of him going to see Tenet in the theater with his mask on supporting supporting the theater's thumbs up. So so again, hats off to him for being such an advocate for movie theaters and movie going. And mm-hmm. uh, it's certainly paying off uh, for exhibitors and and just and just being that star. I mean, I would argue that he is probably the biggest star overall. I mean, he's this is he's entering in his fifth decade as a star now mm-hmm. and has, seeing his highest grossing opening ever. And uh, I mean I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Because I, I, it's hard to. I'm oh, not thinking of anyone bigger right now. I, I mean, I I agree. He's he's at the top of his game. He's as big as he's ever been. I think he was vindicated this weekend because the 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 industry. There was a lot of times the last few years where people were saying he's crazy. Just get this on Netflix. Just get this out there. It, it's 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 an IP that's maybe dusty and old and moldy. And he was right. And whenever, whenever the uh, uh, the whole town is is thinking you're wrong, and then you turn out to be this right, oh, he's playing with house money going forward. Tom Cruise. And the other thing about Tom Cruise, you know, we're focusing on Maverick, but the last trailer that played be- before all these Maverick showings was for Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One coming out next year. So it's like not only is he got the biggest Memorial Day weekend movie of all time, but next year he's back and maybe he'll top it, you know? And there's not a lot of movie stars that are able to lay down those type of cards, have a giant movie like this, and then say, see you right back here next year, and I'm going to top it. You know, Tom Cruise is, uh, go for it. That trailer was created from dailies. Mm Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I mean, the movie is still being worked on at the moment. That is, that was put out because they knew we need to have this teaser so people remember, yes, be back here same time next year. He is the guy you want to see every year Mm -hmm. for the rest of time. And the thing, too, is that he's a guy, and I, I know me and Pat have talked about this, how a lot of the stars excluding someone like Leo and Brad Pitt, they they don't go away. They're on TV. They're on streamers. They're doing uh, commercials. They have liquor brands. They're doing all these things. 
where you can't get away from a guy like Ryan Reynolds if you tried. Mm -hmm. Tom Cruise, you only see him on the big screen. You only see him in this capacity. And that is something that I think a younger generation understands because they want experience. They don't want quantity. They want quality. And he's a guy that has had a resurgence in popularity. He has weathered personal storms that now he's come out this other side. He's looked at as a guy that people want to see on the big screen. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's bigger than he's ever been. I agree. I agree. And Clayton, you're the, you're the demo God here. You're the guy who's always got the numbers, always got the demo breakdown. So let's talk about that because going into this opening weekend with Maverick, the, the fears were that a, it wouldn't play to a younger demo you know, it wouldn't get teens, tweens, 20-year-olds. But more than that, if it only played to older people, older people just are not going to come out in a big way. Um, so clearly, there were more than enough people of whatever age that came out because it exceeded expectations, biggest four-day opening weekend, Memorial Day history, all that. But what were the demos of Top Gun? Who did come out to see this movie? Well, so it was a lot of the oldsters. So 45% mm-hmm. were over 45 and 21% were over 55. Which, wow. I mean, here's the thing, though. This is good because these are people mm-hmm. that don't normally go to see movies. Everybody thought, oh, Downton Abbey, that's going to bring the oldsters back. And it did to a limited degree. This really did something that a movie hasn't really done since American Sniper, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is a Heartland hit. Mm-hmm. But the youngsters did come out as well. And I think that is the thing that we were questioning and why we were a little bit lower on this than uh, we could have been is because we weren't sure if these youngers would come out. And so under 35, 45%. So that's okay. good, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 18 to 34, 37%, right? These are good. I mean, this is more than we expected for this movie, and this is good going forward. The only thing here that I think is a little bit bit worrisome is the diversity because it's very high Caucasian and pretty low African-American and Latino, Mm -hmm. and those tend to be uh, the demos that come out and they also will go multiple times. So there is a question mark there. But I, but I think this movie is definitely bringing out people who don't normally go to the theater. And they're going to bring other people that don't normally come to the theater. Right. This thing is going to have legs. Right. And again, it was a great movie. Listen, we all saw yes. it. And we're not critics here. We're not trying to do criticism, cultural criticism, huh? But Uh this was a great movie, and it had to be. And I think that is going to lead to repeat business, word of mouth. And I think with the younger people, the teens, tweens, the 20-year-olds, the fact that now this feels like an event is going to be the draw. The fact that they're going to look and they're going to see Top Gun Maverick, biggest four-day opening weekend of all time. They're going to see that as the headline of the B.O. Boys episode. They're going to see that in the headlines of Deadline. And that is... The draw to them, this is a record breaker. We got to go see a record breaker because that was part of the appeal of Spider-Man No Way Home is that it was breaking records. The fact that it was the biggest movie that we've had in in two, three years. Kids want to be part of a happening. And right now, man, it's a happening. It's a happening. It's a party. And Top Gun Maverick is a party. It may be a party that the oldsters and the extreme oldsters started, but it's still a party. And the kids are going to want to jump in on that party. Maybe they'll force the oldsters out, elbow them out, you know, get out of the room. Now it's our time. But hey, all right, that's now let them buy the tickets for it. So I think that's going to be the big draw of this movie is the fact that it's such a big hit. So, uh, you know, we were talking about the heartland there. So, Clayton, so the 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 number one cities to see this had to be New York and LA, right? That's just the way it is with every movie. You're saying that's not the case. No. So this overperformed in the, the, the heartland, the top theaters. 
Let's see. You guys talk a little bit while I find these top theaters. Well, well, Brandon, I mean, would you say that Top Gun Maverick is the return post-pandemic, the official return of the dad movie? You know, was this maybe since Ford v. Ferrari? I mean, obviously, this is much bigger than Ford v. Ferrari. It, it outgrows Ford v.'s total run in its opening weekend. But is this the first tried-and-true dad movie blockbuster that we have had in years yes i mean simple simply put i mean memorial day is pretty close to father's day so they have this very well timed mm. wow yeah that that's a great point this is uh this is a nostalgia play like spider-man as well but it's also an experiential play i mean you guys were talking about the demographics that want the experience and who has branded themselves as the movie star of experience, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Yep. And so when you see this movie, and I, I know, again, not a review show, I know, but it's like an amusement park ride, a theme yes. park ride. And what do you do when you get off that ride? You want to ride it again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or you, or you want to do it for yourself in real life, which, listen, Clayton and I talked about this a couple of years ago when Ford v. Ferrari came out. That all these dads, they were going to get all amped up coming out of the movie. They were going to, you know, slam the the gas pedals on their minivans, go real world, vroom, 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 fast coming out of the movie. And they, you know, they're, I'm sure we lost some dads post Ford v. Ferrari. And I think what we're going to see here is an uptick in dads going for flying lessons, you know, dads knocking on cockpit doors when they're on a domestic flight saying, Hey, let me take a look back here. Maybe I could do this. And I think now, you you know, they don't, they keep the doors locked. So the dads quickly will be rebuffed, but I do think the dads are going to come out of this real amped up. And probably like you said, Brandon, the only real recourse the dads are going to have is to just go see it again, maybe go see it in, some of these theaters that have rumble seats and 4DX and have this sort of, uh, uh, you know, more real life feeling to it. But I think the dads are going to come out of their Top Gun Maverick screenings feeling like kids. You know, maybe they go home and these older couples, they get a little randy first time in a long time because the, the dads are all juiced up. You know, they see Top Gun Maverick, they pop the blue pill, whatever they got to do. But I, I think... There's so there's so many there's so many things that could happen coming out of the dad seeing Top Gun Maverick, and it'll be good yeah, for it, Top Gun Maverick. It'll be good for the blue pill industry. You you might have some uh, 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 moms who th- thought they were like they couldn't they couldn't get pregnant, and now they did, and and that's a kind of a mess for for everyone. So you know, a lot of ramifications, but box office wise, totally you nailed it, Brandon. Repeat viewings for the dads. And so here, like, we got the top theaters, San Antonio, Nashville, Knoxville, Oklahoma City, Salt Lake City, Denver, and Dallas. Now, there were, you know, uh, L.A. was big as well, New York was big as well, but those are usually what drive movie going. And we're seeing here that that is different. Also here for uh, gender, 57% male, 43% female. That's pretty good for a movie like this. I mm-hmm. mean, this is a very male skewing movie, and the fact that it's almost 50-50 there, that bodes well for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so looking back on why this is a hit, obviously got the dads out. Tom Cruise is a megastar. The weight, like you said, Brandon, was really a draw. People, people just have been hyped up for this for, for years. Is there any other draw for this movie, this big opening weekend that we we, we haven't looked at? You know, did Miles Teller mean anything? I, I would say no, but I do think this is going to help him a lot going forward. Um, you know, is there anything else that drew people in sneakily? You know, Jennifer Connelly. Um, uh, you know, I did see one, you know, they, they did a great job promoting it. They did... Uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, I saw there were like Applebee's ties in tie-ins, which is, is only going to help you in the heartland. There was different military tie-ins, but they didn't go so overboard that it, 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 it made people feel icky about it. Uh, anything else that we've overlooked so far as to why people 
came out in such a big way. I would say, just simply put, they cut a fabulous trailer. I mean, exciting mm-hmm. adrenaline rush of a trailer. So, I mean, several, because it was over several years, they had several trailers come out, but those trailers were excellent, really conveying the message of the movie, the experience of the movie. And, uh, and also, I think this is seen as a bit of a respite from all of the CG fests. I mean, we just had yes. one with Doctor Strange, which didn't go over so well with the audiences that saw it. Mm-hmm. And so Top Gun is... Is uh, it's like an, a knight in shining armor here of just you know, a real movie, finally a real yes. movie. Yes, that that's mm-hmm. so huge. And will this? I guess as we look ahead to the future, will the success of Top Gun Maverick open it up for more of these types of movies getting made? More practical effects heavy, traditional blockbusters, things that are not just MCU. You know live action cartoons you know can maverick inspire that and are we gonna get top gun three you know is is that a slam doink that this is gonna happen bruckheimer is already talking about it so i do think it's a slam doink but here's the real question are we going to get days of thunder trickle i mean i do think that days of thunder uh cocktail I think those are two prime properties to be sequelized here. Because if you look at Tom Cruise's catalog, there's not a lot of other IP that you could sequel. You know, I don't think you're getting Firm 2. I don't think you're getting a few more good men. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's had a lot of hits that were just traditional. Here's a drama, one and done. But yeah, Days of Thunder and Cocktail. I think those are the two. Maybe that might be a situation where you you figure out a way to do a crossover. Like, I don't know if either one of them necessarily would be a carry a sequel, but you do some kind of like Tom, you know, TCU, a Tom Cruise universe, and you get Cocktail and Days of Thunder together somehow. But yeah, what do you think, Clayton? A, do you think we're getting Days of Thunder 2? And are we getting Top Gun 3? Well, we're definitely getting Top Gun 3. That's a slam dunk. But I think the the thing that has to happen here, and I think Top Gun Maverick, the 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 creative team behind this was so good. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking Cruz and we're talking some of the actors, but also their director here, Joseph Kaczynski, who mm-hmm. also had done Ob- Oblivion mm-hmm. for Tom Cruise previously – uh, this is a major step up for him, and mm-hmm. I think this is a guy that if Tom Cruise does want to do another legacy sequel, he, he's got to bring this guy with him. I mean, he's got Christopher McQuarrie to do the typing. He's got this guy to do the shooting. I mean, I think he's creating this creative team that mm-hmm. knows what he wants and does a great job of giving him what he wants, which is what we all want. So I do think it has to be the right team. And he knows that. So if it's not right, it it, it won't be worth it. Yeah. And that's always been the secret to Tom Cruise's success, surrounding himself with a great team. I mean, he's more hardcore about that now, but even back in the day, he made sure he he starred in quality projects. So that's why oftentimes... People on the street, they may not like Tom Cruise, but they probably love a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he had his run where he was working with auteurs. You know, he did a Scorsese movie, an Oliver Stone movie. He did a Kubrick movie. He 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 worked with the big big directors, and it's clear now Tom Cruise is the auteur of his movies. But like you said, Clayton. He's got his people that he works with to bring those visions out. But, you know, right now we're in a phase where these movies, they're from the mind of uh, of Tom Cruise. You know, these are the he's Top Gun Maverick is an expression of Tom Cruise's self, his beliefs, his view on everything. I think we'll go into this uh, on a bonus episode coming later this week where Clayton and I and special guests Aaron Foley-Chan, we did a deep dive right after we saw the movie. We did a a full discussion of the movie. That's coming Wednesday on the feed. But little preview, Top Gun Maverick, this is Tom Cruise going out there in the fighter jet, and he's fighting the streamers. That's what this, you know, that's what's going on here. But anyway, uh, 
Top Gun Maverick, major hit, record setter. But we got to talk controversy because Mm -hmm. this weekend, box office reporting, specifically a deadline, it was a huge hullabaloo in terms of discussing whether Top Gun Maverick was going to be declared the biggest opening weekend in Memorial Day history. Huge hubaloo, lots of controversy. And Brandon Gray, that controversy actually somehow involved you, involved your box office mojo, your original creation, but specifically your uh, uh, accounting of how four-day weekends, Memorial Day four-day weekend records were counted. So Brandon, could you just walk us through what happened this weekend? What did Deadline report? How did they, I mean, I'll say, listen, we always say Deadline Anthony D. D'Alessandro is a must read, but he did kind of smear you a little bit this weekend. So walk us through what happened in the reporting of Top Gun Maverick's opening weekend. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, this, yeah, this is the, I this is the juicy bits here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah. You, you, it's life can be funny sometimes. And then we get a, a strange box office drama behind the scenes while we're celebrating uh, Top Gun's uh, numbers. Uh, you know, first shout out to Anthony D'Alessandro. Again, he he does the work. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's there reporting all the numbers, getting in all these numbers that just about everyone in the industry uh, looks to. And he's compiling it and he's 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 very hardworking. So I, I, I don't really have many, uh, you know, aside from the little things here and there as anyone does and i'm sure people would pick apart things that i used to write so you know we're not mm-hmm. even not even going to go there but uh, uh so what it started with i noticed that they were proclaiming that top gun had was going to break the record this is when they were estimated 142 million dollars for mm-hmm. the four day this was like friday night right and i noticed they were using the 140 number for pirates of the caribbean at world's end so i emailed the deadline to let them know well you know, if you're going to count the previews for Top Gun, you also have to count the previews for Pirates because that's only fair. That would be the best apples to apples comparison. Right. And because we're talking about a record here, a record that's lasted for 15 years. Right. Uh, and uh, so they, somebody didn't believe me or there's some mistakes in their errors or maybe, and I, I admit maybe some of the design of the current box office mojo might make things confusing. You know, I'm just, I, I'll give people the benefit of the doubt, but uh, their sources thought that I double counted pirates previews yes. when I didn't, because I was mm-hmm. there boots on the ground, counting those numbers. Yep. And, and I also have, you know, it's easy to corroborate, uh, you know, searching the internet and going back in the way back machine and whatnot. Uh, yeah, to be to be clear, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End was one of the first big movies to experiment with Thursday night previews. It started showing at 8 p.m. roughly that Thursday night, and it accrued about 13.2 million. I know hard to believe a Pirates of the Caribbean movie being that popular, but this was the third movie mm-hmm. uh, of that uh, of the. It was the end of the trilogy for for for. Uh, what people thought was the end of the trilogy. We little did they know there'd be more of them. Mm-hmm. But at that point, this was the grand finale of the Pirates of the Caribbean. So it did 13.2 million that Thursday night. And then for the weekend proper, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, it did 140. So 140 plus 13 is 153. So the true number for Top Gun Maverick to beat was 153. Wow. And I saw, so on the Saturday deadline article, the Saturday update, in their text, they did write it up as if this was a mistake of box office mojo, which basically is saying Brandon Gray made a mistake back in the day. And that is how they wrote it up. So were you able to get in touch with them? Because when I saw the the, the Sunday, Monday updates, they did update it to say, no, it wasn't a mistake. This is just how box office mojo did their accounting, but they had all the correct numbers in there. So did, uh, and you know what? Anthony D'Alessandro, like we said, he's a must read. And if he was given the correct information and then made that retraction, it does show he's a stand up guy. But is is that what happened? Did you have to reach out and let him know that it wasn't actually a double count? It wasn't a mistake on your part? Yes, yes. We we, we had exchanges over the weekend and and I think he's uh, in con. I mean, he's again, he's he's a very busy reporter and I've 
work to that beat. So I know how, you know, how, especially on the weekends, how crazy it is. Right. So I do, I do appreciate them uh, updating uh, the story. It will not, not for my sake, just for the sake of the truth here. And right. that's, that's all I care about is because it has to be an apples to apples comparison. If, right. if, if you get to count the previews today, then you got to fold them in back then. But here's the thing. This was the start in 2007 of this whole thing about previews. And I was dead set and still am, by the way, against counting previews in weekend grosses because I am a, I'm a stickler about this. Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the weekend. Mm-hmm. And because I was a stickler back then, and while I was hands-on, boots on the ground with the numbers, uh, there is uh, you know, a difference here in box office mojo. The, you know, the era that I was covering where I was a stickler about the three-day weekend and then afterwards when I guess they're not, but they haven't reconciled that. So... So to, so if you go to the chart there, you'll see Top Gun at 156 and Pirates still at 140. You have to click on the Pirates page to see that that 140 is really 153. And uh, so it, there, there needs to be some reconciliation on the site. You, you choose a side. Are you team previews in the weekend or team excluding the previews like I am? But, right. So that's right. if that makes but any it, sense. But you have to be consistent within your own lists. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that there goes to show the 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 problem with the current regime, whoever it is running Box Office Mojo now. Like you said, if you care, and I don't know if the the ownership group there really cares. You know, I don't know if they care to get the numbers right. But thank God, thank God that you, Brandon, and Anthony D'Alessandro, even when he's out at Con covering the Palm Door and covering. The, the box office from France. Thank God that he cares enough to reconcile that in his reporting. And, and, and that's the kind of box office reporting that we need more of. Listen, that's the kind of reporting in general we need more of. That's the kind of government we need more of. People who care about the truth. So, so yeah, I mean, th- thank God for that. This could have become a, a Twitter beef. It didn't. It was squashed mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So that's good. People needed to know who was the champ and that's what they have right now. So, and I do think Brendan, unfortunately, since these numbers of the previews plus on Thursday, plus the Friday, Saturday, Sunday is going to be how it is from now on, because it benefits the studios, right? It benefits the studios to pad these numbers. The fact that, this movie made 156 really pops for people. And if you took out those preview numbers, I mean, it's still a great number, but, you know, 156 looks great. So I think right. that's unfortunately going to be the wave of the future. Now, the question is, you said there is that disparity with those old box office numbers. Do you know when Box Office Mojo itself started counting those Thursdays? I yeah, I'd have to go back to get precisely, but it's probably in the mid-teens, uh, somewhere around there. I, I would assume. So I'd have to like get you know get. I don't have a precise number there, uh, but I did have one other fun fact though. Here we may have the case of Top Gun possessing the four-day record, but Pirates may maintain that three-day record because uh, if you add the thirteen, then then Pirates would be like one twenty-seven and change for the three-day, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and also, this is aside from the fact that i am always been an advocate for adjusting for ticket price inflation. I know it's not the most accurate science, but mm-hmm. it's it's the all we have to indicate uh, differences in attendance. And again, not a fan of pirates, but or you know, just just hard, you know, just looking at it objectively, pirates sold a lot more tickets than Top Gun did. Top Gun's still great, fabulous, amazing. Right. The Pirates was more popular on the opening weekend, at least. Right. And it was and a the- family movie, you know, which top, I uh, listen, Top Gun Maverick, uh, I advocate take your family to see it, take the kids, take grandma and grandpa. But Pirates, especially by the time it was the third movie, was such a four quadrant, you know, load everyone in the minivan and go see Pirates type of movie. And we also have the advent of so many different types of premium screens. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think that Top Gun Maverick is really doing a great job of let's put this on every sort of premium screen. You can just enjoy this in every sort of format except 
on your phone or on your laptop or on your home you know uh, uh, TV your 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 curve or whatever you got your home box office no this your is home not a home box office no this is a box office box office situation and so that's the thing with this movie too I mean some of these ticket prices are gonna be nearing 30 bucks or maybe even uh, I mean in New York City I know this IMAX ticket was 27 plus so guys we've been talking a lot about top Ben Maverick. I mean, of course, it's the biggest box office story we we've had probably since Spider Man: No Way Home. But I think we've got to talk about some of the other movies in the top ten, and specifically, let's get into the other new release that came out. And I am gonna listen. I am gonna eat some crow. You know, I'm gonna fry it. I'm gonna season it. I'm gonna make sure it tastes good. But I'm gonna eat some crow because I did not think the Bob's Burgers movie was going to do anything. I mean, I thought this was a D-level property, uh, a TV property that everyone was going to wait to watch it on Hulu. And I and Clayton were less right than we've been on other things because this movie opened big, made $12.6 million in the three-day, made $15 million in the four-day, there was obviously an audience that wanted to see this on the big screen. So, Brandon, is this a result that you were expecting heading into the weekend? Is this surprise you a little bit? Were you aware that Bob's Burgers had such such uh, uh, appeal and that its audience would go see it in a movie theater? Some a vague awareness. I mean, I've heard of Bob, Bob's Burgers. I've never seen it, uh, mm-hmm. but it had a decent uh, trailer. Uh, you know, almost you know, almost like well, hey, you know, if I if it well, actually, that's not. I'm not a very good comparison here. I mean, it, but you know, if I happen to be at the theater and I happen to have my A list handy, mm-hmm. I might and I had a spare uh, ninety minutes or so, I might check it out. Uh, even you know, just to see. I mean, like, this weird curiosity of a TV show. I mean, but I I, I think I think it's. I think it's a fine opening. I mean, it's you know twelve and a half million or so. Wait, what is it? The, the that's the three day and the four day. We got uh, it's nearly fifteen for the Over four day. Fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's that's a solid number. I mean, I it, it makes sense to me given that this is a long running show that has a uh, built in fan base and there aren't that a lot of uh, options for families. I mean, I know it's a, well, it's a PG thirteen movie, but it's a cartoon. Gosh, yeah. Well. I'm not. I'm not that surprised, but uh, I. It seems to be a, a, the kind of opening you would expect for a a TV series making its big screen debut. Yeah, the audience was there. Clayton, I'm looking at the demos right now. This movie played very young. This movie had a 73 percent. We're between 18 and 34. That is staggering. That yeah. is the the not the tweens. The tween audience didn't really come out, but the teens and the early and the twenties and the early thirty somethings did come out in a major way for this movie. So, you know that possibly bodes well for its holds going forward. Um, but but see, it, the, it the, does. It, it's great counter programming, right? I mean, yep. this isn't. Yep. This is one of those things where. You get a different demographic in there because, again, we thought Maverick would skew older, and it did. And it, it, it had a lot of young viewers as well. But you got these Bob Burgers fans who, who go to see this movie. And they see a hyped-up group of people coming out of an IMAX screening of Maverick. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, oh, I got to see that movie because yeah. they're in the habit of going to see movies now. Like, if they go and see that movie – the next day on Monday because they're off school or or they don't have classes. This then makes them moviegoers again, and right. that's why you have to have these things. Now, fifteen isn't great. It's not. I mean, it didn't blow anything out of the water. I believe it was within its tracking, so it was just at the high end of the tracking. It was at the high end because it was a you know like a ten to sixteen you know, estimate there. So it definitely came in on the high end. Listen, it did way more than we were expecting. I just think we thought this was going to underperform. Oh, we thought it would tank. To to tracking, that is then great. But, I mean, this was good. This was very good. And again, getting those young people in, seeing other people coming out of movies and getting psyched about it, it just creates that muscle of, 
I got to see that. Then they see the trailer. They go to Maverick and they see the trailer for uh, for other movies. And they're like, well, I got to come back next weekend or two weeks from now and see that. So this is all great. I mean, theatrical is booming right now and it is great for all of us. Yeah. So uh, to that end, though, did, did you see the overall total for the weekend? It wasn't that far off from 2019. Wow, that's amazing. That and what what would have been the 2019 movie memorial? Was it Aladdin? Was that have been the opener that year? Okay, so so a Memorial Day weekend in 2019 before we ever thought there'd be a pandemic when the world was as normal as it was going to get, and you had a Will Smith Disney uh, a classic live action reboot. And we're basically almost at the same spot as that weekend. That is incredible. That is such a good sign for where where we're at now. I mean, listen, look at where we were a year ago on Memorial Day weekend. You know, we were we were post uh, getting everyone getting vaxxed and waxed. The box office was just kind of starting up again. And Memorial Day weekend was what? Quiet Place 2 made what? In the 50s. And Cruella made in the low 20s. And now we've got a movie opening up to $156 million. We got a Bob's Burgers movie that's bringing in $15 million. We're, we're in such a better place. So let's all just celebrate how far we've come at the box office in just the last year. Well... But you're talking about Quiet Place Part 2. That's also a Paramount film, right? Yeah. So I think we should talk more just mm-hmm. generally about how Paramount is killing it at the theaters, oh right? Oh, my God. Is this the fifth number one they've had this year? Maybe the sixth, possibly? It is the, it is the fifth because you've got uh, Jackass, you've got Scream, you've got Sonic 2, you got Lost City, which we'll get to in a second, and now you got Top Gun Maverick. Five so- number one openers in five such different genres too that's the big key that's the key that i was going to point out as well right you got horror you've got kids films you've got squarely a teen kind of uh immature 20s and 30s and 40s movie with jackass which Mm -hmm. listen i'm a jackass fan you're a jackass fan great those movies are great you have a rom-com female skewing movie with the lost city which just went over a hundred now you've got this heartland hit i mean Mm -hmm. and then sonic the kids i mean sonic 2 the kids movie i mean they are just doing it the best right now yes yes this this is listen one of our our uh uh favorite wannabe oh boys wannabe oh girls wannabe oh people people danny eskimalaji who's also uh been a guest on our show, going to be a guest later in the week, host of I Screen, You Scream for Movies. He talks constantly about how Paramount is his favorite studio, and he is a youngster. He's a guy in his early 20s, and he is building that brand loyalty with Paramount. And I think what Paramount's doing, giving uh, 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 people in all these different audiences, all the, these different genres, they're building a uh, uh, loyalty or they're building fan bases for Paramount with all these different audiences, comedy fans, action fans, cartoon fans, young, old New York, LA and the heartland Paramount is giving everyone a little something right now. Unlike some of these other studios that we just do superhero movies or we just do dinosaur movies, you know, Paramount is like, we do everything. They're so focused on their streamer that they're 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 yep. giving up on theatrical or they're not giving theatrical enough product exclusively, right? So when you look at Paramount Plus, yes, it is not in the race to be at the top. But if they are creating movies that become classics, movies that people remember being huge at the box office, well-loved, making a lot of money, if that streaming service becomes the forever home of movies that these people love, they mm-hmm. will subscribe. Yep. They will subscribe. Yeah. I mean, look at Paramount Plus. And to me, it is so much more effective that the banner of Paramount Plus is showing we've now got Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which was a block uh, a box office smash, was a blockbuster, as opposed to a Disney Plus saying, oh, we've got Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, which never open into movie theaters and basically 
feels like an afterthought. You know, put Chip, listen, we've talked about it before, put Chippendale's Rescue Rangers open in the theater. It opens at 25 million. And then when it's on Disney Plus a month later, it's a big deal. And Paramount's doing that because you go to Paramount Plus and they got Sonic, which was a huge hit. And they've also right now got, let's talk about it, everyone, The Lost City, which mm-hmm. just crossed $100 million. It didn't just cross it. It smashed past $100 million. You know, now we're looking at The Lost City. A couple of weeks ago, we were, we were biting our fingernails. Is it going to get past 97, 98? Is it going to get to 100? We're looking at a movie now that's probably going to get to 105 plus in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, Brandon... We you haven't we haven't actually ever talked to you about the Lost City. What is what is your thought on the Lost City crossing a hundred million dollars domestic? Well, another great star vehicle. I mean, Sandra Bullock, another just another classic movie star, one of the biggest of the past few decades, and teamed with Channing Tatum, another a low key star as as we as mm-hmm. you guys have talked about before, and then you throw in some Brad Pitt for Spice and uh, everyone else, but it, but more importantly, a fun romantic comedy romp, Sandra Bullock in the kind of movie you want to see her in, and mm-hmm. uh, you know what the quality of the movie aside, I mean it 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 was distinct in the market. And it it got the job done. Hundred million dollars. That's that's uh, very good, incredible. And let's look at this weekend. In its ninth weekend, it increased from where it made last weekend. It is up seventeen percent. Clayton, what what is that? How do we account for that? I mean, I'll, is this the Top Gun Maverick factor? Was this synced up with Top Gun Maverick on drive-ins? What, what was going on here with Lost City? being up 17%. I mean, I would love to know definitively, but that is something that we had talked about previously as something Paramount should do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know for sure that that's happening, but I would assume it is because it's good business sense. Mm -hmm. And so if that is happening, that's great. If it's not happening, holy crap, Lost City. That's just general moviegoers wanting to go back to the theater. Because this movie is available on Paramount Plus, and it's been available for, I think, uh, two weeks at this point. Yeah. More, maybe more than that. Yeah, and that's where I saw it. it's not matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. People want to sit in those seats, and they want to be transported. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at a movie now that is going to get over $105 million. Maybe it gets to $110. It's, it's incredible. Um, T- typically, these kinds of late-stage boosts are tied to some sort of... Uh, you know, cheap theater run or uh, mm-hmm. drive-in run. So I, it's pr- probably something like that, but we don't have the confirmation of that yet. Yeah, it, it has to be drive-in related, has to be Maverick related because this Lost City lost 370 theaters this week and still made more money this weekend than it did last weekend. So so something is up, but uh, people love this movie. And, and you know what? Listen, people on Twitter have been asking for it. So I think we have to give it to them. Guys, I think it's time we clap for the Lost City. Let, let's clap for the Lost City here. Wow. Wow. Lost City, congratulations. You did it. And uh, now at this point, it's it's just, let's let's just see where it ends up because it, it Past the magic marker of 100, and uh, we'll see where it goes. I just want to throw out something that I'm seeing here in the top 10, which has surprised me. Speaking of 100 million, it's not going to get to 100 million, but at number 10, Fantastic Beasts is now at a total of what, $94.7 million domestic? I mean, this movie is still a bomb, and I think the series is completely over, but it does show how much people want to go to the movies and how much the theaters need product. The fact that Fantastic Beasts Secrets of Dumbledore is even as high domestically as it is. I mean, that that mm-hmm. really shows that people want an excuse to go to the movie theater. Yeah, and this movie is now on HBO Max. I think it just dropped this weekend. So I'm I'm thinking this thing drops like a stone... It probably has one more week, right? I mean, it gave up a lot of screens to mm-hmm. to Top Gun, I'm assuming, and Bob's Burgers and everything else. 
but it feels like yeah this thing's going to stop off at like what 95 maybe 95 something here yeah and that'll be it for it. but yeah again didn't reach that 100 mark and this this is not a uh franchise that's long for theatrical so but like you said 95 ain't nothing to sneeze at no i get it, it i think it just shows these theaters just need more product. You know, Jeff Baca at Exhibit Relations Co., he says this all the time, too. It's like they, they, they're they starved for product. The, the theaters have so many less movies, uh, new movies this year than they ever have before, or at least have had in modern times. And when something like Fantastic Beasts, which people hate, which is a movie that has been a disaster, still is able to get to this number, it just shows get more movies out in the movie theaters. Chippendale's Rescue Rangers would have opened to $25 million. Faux show. Chippendale's couldn't have done worse than Tom and Jerry, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. I mean, we're in the Tom and Jerry generation for sure, but, you know, Chippendale's has got pretty much as much of a Q score with modern audiences as as Tom and Jerry do. And, and, And the Disney machine behind it, it would have been a hit. Um, anything else in this top 10 that really uh, stands out there? I think the only thing we need to get is Brandon's take on everything, everywhere, all at once, because it's been sort of a phenomenon. It is, you know, beat Uncut Gems to be the, the biggest earner of any A24 film. It only dropped 20% with a lot of competition, and it's at 50, what, you said 57 now, Pat? Uh, yes, it is, yes. So it's going to go 60. It is, at, it is at, actually, it's at, it did hit, uh, did it hit 60? Yeah, it's at 57, you're right, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to hit 60, so this is a film that, Brandon, how big, how big could this be? How much more do you think it has? Cause I mean, it's going to go to PVD, PVOD at some point, but it is, it is, kept, it's kept itself in the theater and it could, I mean, with nothing else opening up, I mean, we could see another single digit drop for this movie next weekend. Oh yeah. That's definitely within the realm of the multiverse. I mean, this uh, picture had a striking trailer again, another case of an amazing trailer and has the reputation of being the multiverse movie to see not that other Mm -hmm. one from the mcu this is the one to see and i think that uh a24 has mounted a brilliant uh, platform buzz building marketing campaign heck i finally saw it uh i think at the end of april when it finally came into imax and that's when you see that little bump that two percent bump that was when it had an imax release before dr strange came in to the scene here so uh they've been really rolling this out i don't know if it's ever going to get an imax screen again but but uh, this thing is in it for the long haul i mean if they play their cards right that this could be uh, a contender for those awards at the end of the year i mean i could see an imax rollout for award season mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. if a24 wants to do that this is the this has to be the pony that they are backing here, if they are going for awards, A24 never really has been awards darlings. This could be their big breakthrough in, when we're talking about getting awards. And if they do an IMAX in, what would that be, like uh, November, December, January, some, some point in there, I mean, that could be just adding to this total. Right, right. And listen, you brought up awards, Brandon. You know, we're we're not a, a necessarily an awards podcast, but I look at this the, this box office right now, and to me, I see two should be best picture contenders in this top ten. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I think a twenty four, yes, has to ride that and try and get it a nom nom nom. And Top Gun Maverick, just for nothing else, just for what it has done for the box office, for its heartland appeal, you know, for the fact that it appeals to the stacks, to the earth dogs, to the to to uh, the plain billies. It is a great movie. Top Gun Maverick should be a awards contender next year. And not just for the tech stuff, but for the big one, you know. It's time to take box office into account when, when you're 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 deciding on these best pictures. And I think Maverick, you get everything everywhere all at once, and then Avatar 2 gets in there. 
And, and you've got a, a, an Oscars where people pay attention because because the box office is represented. And, and honestly, that has got to start being accounted for. The box office needs to be represented at these awards. Yeah, again, it used to be. Uh, and when I advocated for Spider-Man to be nominated for Best Picture, it's not because I love Spider-Man. I was saying mm -hmm. this would be good for the Academy Awards. Spider-Man yes. doesn't need your awards, yes. but you need Spider-Man. Yes, I yeah. totally agree. And I think Maverick could be a movie that, because the critics love it. They love it right now. They always start turning on movies like this once it's time to actually nominate them for Best Picture. But Maverick could be that movie where people love it, critics love it, the box office is 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 huge, and maybe it gets into that conversation. It should, but but we'll see. Um, looking at this past weekend, I guess the only other thing to bring up is Downton Abbey sunk like a stone you know you usually think older skewing movies like this are going to have good legs but it dropped 64 percent i mean everyone i guess the 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 audience for that movie they just went to top gun maverick is that fair to to assume yeah it sucked all the air out yeah yeah and i and i think it's it has a hardcore fan base of old people and they rushed out <laughs> believe it or not yeah although it is diminished from the first picture which you expect from uh these tv adaptations so yeah not terribly surprising yeah yeah i think this is a case of a movie that in a couple of weeks is going to be on a streamer i, I kind of feel like hbo max is is where this is going to be out or maybe peacock because it's uh universal and then once it's on a streamer it's this will be the type of movie that completely disappears once it's on television because that audience is just going to completely choose streaming once they got that choice um yeah so i mean i think we have pretty much covered this weekend and once again top gun maverick just just amazing what it did and and, and leaves us all so excited for the next few weeks of box office. Um, Clayton, should we talk about though, how we're this big week that we have coming up? We basically have Maverick week mm -hmm. right now. This was the start of Maverick week. Brandon Gray, box office mojo joined us. On Wednesday, we're dropping a special episode into the BO Boys feed. Clayton and myself and our friend and special guest, Aaron Foley Chan, we podcasted immediately after seeing Top Gun Maverick on Friday. We went from the IMAX right into the studio, and we did a deep dive spoiler discussion of Top Gun Maverick. You know, this this was a rarity for us. We weren't talking box office. We were talking the movie, the themes, uh, 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 you know, really in depth there. So we've got that conversation dropping this Wednesday on the feed. And then, of course, we're back at the end of the week to look ahead for Top Gun Maverick's second weekend, give our predictions. We'll be joined by special guest Danny Eskimology of I Screen, You Scream, Four Movies. He'll be back here. Uh, and it's just, a, it's just a huge week here. We're, we're celebrating Maverick with extra content because that's what it deserves. There'll be so much to download. Yes, yes. And, and what's great about uh, podcasts is it's not like you have to work harder. You don't have to hit more buttons to download it. Just be subscribed and it'll all show up. And, and, mm -hmm. and you know, so don't don't complain to us that you have extra work to do. You don't have to hit the button an extra time. It'll just be there unless you're not subscribed, in which case, you you know, that's on you. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, one other thing I just want to throw out because he asked us to. Danny Eskimology sent us a picture so it's weird. I'm going to be talking about a picture right now to podcast. Send us a picture uh, that I guess is a meme where it's a bunch of people at a cemetery and Sam Raimi and the poster for Dr. Strange is on a gravestone and they're surrounded by various characters such as Sonic, such as the Scream, such as Tom Cruise and all the cast of Mission Impossible. So they're surrounded by all of the stars of Paramount surrounding Doctor Strange at a cemetery. So, and it says Paramount Movies number one at the box office. So that is something that Danny sent us that I did want to uh, uh, just mention. And I think the point so, of that is is that Paramount is number one. Well, along with so along with emails, along with reviews, if you send us memes, 
mm-hmm. we will dispassionately describe them to yep. you on mic. Yes. And so yes. do that as well. And where yeah, can so they do that, Pat? Email us at the boboyspodcast at gmail.com. Yes, email us reviews, thoughts on the box office, or pictures. And I will try and describe the picture in 15 seconds or less, uh, generally sounding confused as to what I'm describing. Well, I would say, let's be specific. Please send us memes. Don't just send us pictures. Yes, yes, yes. Send us memes. Send Send us memes. Yeah, don't don't just send us like dog photos or anything. Send us memes. Or like what you ate for lunch. Like that's what Instagram is for. Yeah, yeah. So send us your memes at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. So, Brandon, where can people find you right now? Find your thoughts on the box office. Uh, uh, wh- where do you want to lead the B.O. Boys, the, the uh, you know, the want to be boys, want to be girls, want to be people? People. Where would you like to lead them right now? Oh, well, right now I'm just hanging out on uh, Clubhouse at the box office uh, revival. Just you know, keep it simple. Yeah, if you guys want to talk movies, talk box office, uh, that's where I'll be. Box office revival on uh, Clubhouse. I mean, I can't recommend it enough. Box. God, is there a more fitting name for a venture right now than box office revival? And you, you, you coined that term. Was it over a year ago? When did when did you start using the moniker box office revival? When I realized the URL was available to buy. Wow. Wow. That, that is genius because that is what we are undergoing right now. We are in the era of the box office revival. The box office is back. And what an inspirational brand box office revival is. So uh, I, everyone join Brandon at uh, box office revival on Clubhouse. It's a, it's a happening down there. So, Clayton, is there anything left? I think there's only one thing left to say. All right. And that's until next time. We'll smell smell you at the.